What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 323. It's my new favorite episode because uh, I like palindromes and uh, it's an easy one. So I'm Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm here as always with Ron and John. Look at that, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good to see you guys. Good to see you I was you hoping guys. you would mention the palindrome thing. Yeah, I got you covered, John. You got Do you here. have a favorite palindrome? Um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind as like in elementary school was uh, like Madam, I'm Adam. Oh, I just remember like being like little and being like, whoa, that's the same. <laughs> yeah. It may have been the first time. I... A man, a okay. plan, a canal, Panama. Uh, that's a lot. I like yeah, it. Is. And well, then the other ra- one, the, the race, go, go hang car. a salami. I'm a lasagna hog. That's one. Oh. Yeah, yours are really kind of those are really long. I, I had a I had a yeah. book of them when I was a kid that oh, there were some odd awesome. ones like that. But I remember I remember I think it was called Go Hang Go Hang a Salami, I'm a Lasagna Hog. You know, that was the name of the book. <laughs> that's crazy. Mine is race car. That's my favorite yeah, one. That's great. Simple. I mean there's so that's many a simple yeah. One. yeah. Nice and simple. No, the longer they get, the trick is actually making them work. And the the elegant yeah. ones like race car or um taco cat, those yeah. are the ones that really bring joy to your heart because they're simple <laughs> concepts. Cat. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know about that one. That sounds like the name of a shop, Taco Cat. Taco Cat. I mean, ours is simple. Three, two, three. It's really easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, twenty-three. Back to the matter at hand. Three, two, three. Simple guys. Simple. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Good to see you guys. Another episode. We're going to kind of go through a couple new items. We uh, we all checked out the new Netflix record-breaking, starring blockbuster movie. Uh, Red note, uh, red, red notice. The very easy to find on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Red notice. Yes. it was right there. Yeah. I went there. If you, you couldn't know. find it, you probably weren't logged into it. And even yeah. then, I think it's probably on the login page. I, yeah. I couldn't tell you, but yeah. No, but this um, time I, I logged in. I was like, I gotta watch Red Notice, and it was like right there at number one. I was like, okay, good. Click. The problem now is that the uh, the the go button. You know how there's like a select button on the remote. That mm. that button has had it. No. <laughs> the, the three buttons on the remote that have, that have had it, and this makes sense if you think about it, are rewind, pause, and select. Select. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to order a new remote because those are the those are you know you can't those have that important. weird thing where you press down and you don't know if it's engaging and then you have to hold it down really hard every time. It's like yeah, that's, that's too much. Not... You want that instant touch. You know, I'm, this yeah. is 2021. Yeah. I can't be living with this like pressing your thumb into a little rubber button. What platform? What what is that? A Roku or it's a or uh, uh, Amazon. It's an LG TV. Oh, oh, oh the actual yeah. TV. Oh, your LG TV remote. You're using that smart yeah. system. The whole family is laying on that select button, man. We're oh, all good. How, how oh, do you boy. like using the smart TV as your primary? I kind of oh, liked it. I kind of love it. I mean, I it yeah. they add things after a while. Like HBO Max is on there now. LG is kind of way down the pike when it comes to like adding stuff. <laughs> but uh, you don't ever hear. There's not even a news story about it. It just comes up. But HBO Max is on there now. The streamer apps. I wish I didn't. I use the Roku right now mostly for the uh, couple of the streamer apps that we have for people that give us, you know, content. So yeah, legal content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we're allowed to watch. Like, like something like we're going to talk experience... about tonight. I feel like my experience with all these, like the TV platforms, like the Samsungs, LGs, any of them, I feel like they've always been horrible, personally. Yeah. I feel like they're so they're so behind and outdated. Yeah. Like the the UI is so clunky. My first experience with a good one is actually, um, I just got the Sony XR something, but it's it's the Android 
platform. Oh. So it's like oh, gotcha. Android built in. It's it it uses the same purchases that I have on other devices. It's it's really cool. Right. So that's yeah. probably a little better it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I would see something better and go, "Oh, wow, but this this you hit the button, all the options yeah. come up, you just scroll to the one you want, work. select yeah. it." So it's not really like a Yeah. yeah. So I, like I don't feel like I have to go through a bunch of screens and it's all happening while whatever is still on screen you're watching it you know so it's not like sure uh, but I don't know what's fancy what's what's better what like what do you like better about your your setup other than the the interface on the television probably just the clarity um I don't think I've ever the Apple TV has this like auto adjust thing with your TV so it says like you have these features and it does the best color palette for your TV now that feature alone so we i, I watch i mean we were going to watch a uh, 007 on my xbox because sometimes this is a long boring thing but uh my xbox is more compatible with my atmos setup so it throws around sound better so we use that version of plex sometimes to for the the av receiver to push the atmos because apple is weird about their atmos long story short <laughs> So um, I played it on Xbox. That's hooked up the same way, same place. It just didn't look as good. I put it on my Apple TV, and it looked like butter, man. Same source, same ports. Same. I use the same HDMI ports. I mean, HDMI cables for all of my inputs. It just looks good. I mean, that's yeah. that's really what it is. I mean, it it, it they, they're doing something with like compatibility and the clarity of the picture i just haven't seen it in anything else except for a new device that i just got but yes apple tv seems to be it i know i feel like i'm just selling you trying to sell you on this thing but it that's the difference i like the apple tv too like i, I got the one finally for the basement i'm, I'm roku all around and, and i yeah. gen generally like the streamer interface is better like the ui ux you know that that whole yeah. spectrum it like on oh, the Roku, right. or even on the amazon yeah. my parents have those you know but the app you know they're i think they're all better like from my experience that i've had on like the smart systems that are built into the tvs i just think because there's way more there's just more time and and you know actual architecture in it than yeah. the ones that come with your tv you're buying the tv for like the hardware yeah. you know what i mean but i think that like the roku and the apple tv I, I like both of them quite a bit. I finally got the Apple. I was telling Ronald on our group thread, like, I don't like the, the one that I got. Like, I don't like the remote at all. Remote is like the remote's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but I can, you know, you can buy the new remote, but then that's like another 40 bucks or whatever. And I don't know mm -hmm. if I want to pay that. But um, I think across the board, I, I, the Roku I've used forever. And I just really yeah, like you know, my Roku. I like. I don't see that much of a difference in the interface between the two, between my LG and the Roku. Like as far as a uh, point of comparison, they don't seem yeah. that different. So that's why oh, I'm really? wondering what the what the do you do you have like a cable subscription still? Mm -mm. You don't. So you, do, oh. you just use the interface for the LG smart stuff. That's yeah, kind of amazing. It's all like just it right. It's all coming through the right through the Wi-Fi. So it's yeah yeah yeah. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people I know a lot of people that still have like the TV and they use that smart system through the TV because. They still have their cable going through their TV. Oh, right, they right. want to stay in that interface. Yeah. So I was kind of curious about that because, like, yeah, I don't. I literally just like one of my TVs is a Roku TV, you mm. know, where it's built into the TV. Yeah. Right. I, I, I bet and that would like, be seamless that's, at least. That's like awesome, you know, like because yeah. even if you had the live TV or like you know an antenna, like it's one of the, it's just one of the tiles, like it's one of the apps is is your mm. live TV. 
so that's you know it's really cool the way they lay it out but i really like the apple tv it's definitely it's definitely better hardware like you know you're obviously paying for it it's like three times the price of a roku yeah but but everybody has an app for it or at least again back to like when we get press access to something those screens and that's why i bought it or all built honestly yeah Yeah, that's why i bought it like some of the apps that we've used like ronald said he's been able to watch them on his apple tv like some of the press screening apps that we use and i i watch them on my computer or you know the browser because the roku doesn't have it on the platform yeah so i you know it's nice that some of them are would be available to me i only have it on my one tv in the basement but it's like the best setup that i have so like with the surround sound everything so i have it going through that cool they're nice they're expensive but little little tech talk section yeah i just i just got an android that's media the theme for the tech talk section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got an NVIDIA shield, like just to compare. I was like, let me get a high-end Android. I've I've always pushed Apple. I got a high-end Android. And if you don't like Apple, if you're like, I don't want Apple and you want something high-end, this thing's a monster. It's like how a, much is that? Jesus Christ. I, the cheapest one is 150. Right. Okay. But they also have hard drives built in. So, like, you could store your media on it. You could also, it also seconds as a Plex server. Yeah. So, you could set it up as a Plex server, put an external in it, and then you got a one one size fits all thing that does everything. Nice. It's kind of weird, man. It's, but yeah. And I know know Plex promotes that quite a bit. Like, they do. They have their promotions. They do a lot with NVIDIA. I've never really touched a thing that's so complete. Like out of the box, like I've made my I've made my Apple TV what it is. Like I I'm it's pretty amazing the way that I've yeah. set it up. But if you do say so I, yourself, if I do say so myself, <laughs> I'll sh- yourself on the back. <laughs> right. I'll show you guys. Yeah, I, I really I keep saying that, but you guys yeah. will see it. Yeah, one of these yeah. days. One of one these days. days. One of these days. Speaking of uh, one of these days. We finally, the day finally came when a, an actual Spider-Man trailer came out. Like a full Spider-Man. I, th- th- it, I feel like the last one was a pretty full trailer, but maybe the last one was yeah. a teaser or a trailer one. But it this was, is yeah, a little a bit more, like a little bit more. We get a little bit more of the scope of this thing. Yeah. But I still think they are holding back on. I mean, I think they always are holding back on some details, but I think there's right. one. There's. I guess that's the the first question, right? Is what do you think of this like slow rollout of the reveals? Do you they are continuing to play that game of not confirming or denying the existence of other Spider-Men in this yeah. movie played by Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield? And I don't know that I I'm, my hopes for the movie aren't really resting on that, but I do think it's an odd position now if they're not in the movie because so many people assume that they are. And and it almost seems like throw some little hint in the marketing just so that that question is not the one question that people are thinking about. Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. there's no way to really. You can only confirm. You can't really deny. I don't know. What do you guys think of the kind of guessing game of this? And what what chance do you think there is that they are not in the movie? I know we have been pretty much like yeah. deep into the idea that this is happening. But what do you yeah. think the chances are that it's not? Um, a a couple couple like a week ago week and a half ago some pictures uh leaked and some pretty big uh movie bloggers put it up and within two hours of posting it a sony rep called them and told them to take it down i mean that's like a weirdly i mean if they were fake I mean, and it had the three Spider-Mans in it. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's interesting. So I don't think this is the last trailer. 
though. I think this is because a couple things. It, it didn't say f- final trailer because you know typically yeah. Marvel lets you know they're like this is the final trailer. Also, they didn't announce when the tickets were going on. Uh, they didn't announce in the trailer. Sometimes I'll say like that's usually the last trailer is buy your yeah. tickets now. At least there's some yes. new TV ads around that time, yes. you know. But you're right, right. You usually do get like a like what is this trailer hyping? And I always do think like what does this trailer exist for? You know, like why are we getting this yeah. one now? And there's like different r- promotional reasons or because they have a scheduled why yeah. they do these things um so yeah what do you think ronald do you, do you think so you think they're in it and steve you think they're you think that this, this is all still just gamesmanship that they're keeping it out of the marketing yeah okay yeah. i mean i, I kind of I, agree I really but i just ho- i don't I, have that much invested in it really i think it'll be cool if it happens yeah. but i really hope they don't confirm it like i really think at this oh, point right, they right, should right. never confirm it like mm. even if they're there's so a close. final trip even if there is a final trailer like, I think just what this movie is for, like, movie going, for the box office, for Sony, for Marvel, for the MCU, it's got a lot of, like, weight to carry. And I yeah. feel like if they can go into the opening without, like, everything being confirmed, uh, I think it just adds to the mystique of, like, even if people believe it's happening, like, I think we all do, like, it's there's there's something that they're creating with this theater going experience with this exclusive window. It's like you want to see it in a theater because you want to yeah. see if they're in it. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if you have seen the leaks, even if you've read the, you know, the the reactions, whatever it might be like, like personally, I don't think the teaser or this trailer are either of them are like very good. Like, I don't. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to get to that. I, I saw somebody say on Twitter, and I thought this was perfect. This was going to be my second question for you, for you guys, which which is like, what do you think of the trailers? Not so much how does the movie look, which still looks fine to me, but like, how what do you think of these trailers? Someone said these trailers are the equivalent of those new movie posters everyone hates. That's just a bunch of yeah, faces on it. it. And I do think like there's a difference between a good trailer and a <clears throat> a successful next time on Marvel. And I think that most of the Marvel trailers are next time on Marvel. You know, like next time on your favorite Marvel TV yeah. show, your favorite Marvel soap opera that you're going to go to the theater to see, right? It's uh, it's rare that they make a trailer that actually feels like it has some artfulness to it as a trailer. And it really got me to thinking about the difference between, oh, a trailer that has cool scenes in it and make me, uh, you know, more sure I'm going to see a movie versus a trailer that I'm like, that was a well-made piece of something that like got me intrigued but didn't didn't just throw a bunch of images at me. And I think these Spider-Man trailers feel not like they're insecure, but they just feel like they're just next time on well, reels. There's no real shape to them as trailers. I think a lot of the MCU trailers fall into the, for me at least, fall into the other description that you have here. Like, like good trailers. Like I, I, I like some come to mind, but like, I think the X factor with the Spider-Man trailers is the fact that it's, a, it's Sony. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, it's different, you know, like it's MCU, you know, Marvel's behind this, but I think that it's, it, it does. And even honestly, like even the other Spider-Man movies, like the way that they were marketed, the way the posters look, the way that the trailers are cut, they're definitely more in line with the way that you're seeing things cut for Venom and Carnage and Morbius. Like the trailers feel more similar in that world. Cause that's really what they're building towards. Yeah. But the Marvel trailers, you know, some of them are very cookie cutter. Some of them are just like, you know, okay, that that looks like the movie's going to be cool. But I feel like some of the Marvel trailers are like really great. Yeah, a few of them have been. Like the Shang Chi trailer, I felt like was right. Exactly, it's great. And like one of the like the first Black Panther trailer is like amazing. Yeah, and the one with the Run the Jewels song that's going through it. Like I just the first Guardians trailer. trailer was amazing too. Exactly, like some of these are really great. 
And I mean, I, I just think that for what's what this movie is for so many things, the trailers have been very underwhelming. And I think that it's a part of it's not changing how I feel about the movie or my want to see it. Mm. But I think it's really this like weird balance of like the way that Sony wants to market it and the way that Marvel wants to withhold information from it yeah. for the theater, you know, push because it even looks like in this trailer, there are scenes where things are like removed digitally. Did you read about and, the, 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 there's yeah, a yeah. shot where yeah, the, the lizard, punch. like his the head lizard gets, gets punched hit. back. Yeah. And it right. reminds me of both uh, Thor uh, Ragnarok and, um, I think Civil the last, War and the last two Avengers movies as well. That yeah, there were Infinity like War, yeah. there were like shots where a character who was was inserted or deleted from a scene to not reveal the Hulk. something the Hulk. that had happened. Right, little little moments like that. So in in yeah, I think that we know that the trailer doesn't tell you the whole story. But I, that right. was when I saw that shot of the lizard. If anyone's listening and they don't know, there's a shot in the trailer where five of Spider-Man's villains are kind of coming at him and Spider-Man's jumping into the maw and fighting them. And and the lizard is one of them. And if you look closely, you see that he kind of takes a punch, but there's nobody there to punch him, which would yeah. suggest that somebody removed something from that shot digitally or something hasn't been added officially yet or whatever. But like, yeah, they're very calculated with that stuff. Yeah, and I, and, and I wonder if those little clues are there. On, I mean, I wonder if they noticed the lizard thing or if they just thought maybe people wouldn't notice it. But um, I think the other thing is the way the trailers are put together is different from the way the movies are put together. Because I've seen several Marvel movies where the trailers felt a little clunky, and then they get into the movie, and it's smoother, and it's more paced, and it's like, well, this feels like what this feels like the finished product. The trailer is still right. a peek at an unfinished product. Um, yeah. uh, and I, you know, sometimes it's even if even if it's the same line, it's a different take or a different shot that's actually in the movie from the trailer. Um, so yeah, they're, they're tweaking these things up to the last second, but you know, in terms of what they've shown us so far, it does seem like they've given us a barrage of like, if you don't like that, uh, buildings and vehicles multiplying and closing in on themselves, like if you got tired of that in Dr. Strange, uh, it sounds like you might <laughs> just want to sit this one. one out. Well, I'm wondering if that's their version of multiverse. It's like for now, that's what that means is we're just going to get lots and lots of that inception yeah. effect. It looks cool though. And seeing Spider-Man deal with this, I like the suggestion of the story that's coming out of this. We, are, we already had the first trailer that suggested that Spider-Man's the reason why something messed up is happening. Now it looks like he has an additional Peter Parker style dilemma of like how to handle these guys who are appearing from other dimensions, but in a humane way, like how to be the same like non-murderous Spider-Man that he's <laughs> he's always been. I think, I mean, again, that that to me feels like a really good Peter Parker problem of like, not just how to yeah. make, not just how to fix a problem you caused, but also like how you can't just do it with force. You've got to do it some yeah. other way. Um, but uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm sold for this movie, but it's not because of the trailers, you know? And I, And there are moments that feel cool and moments that feel flat. And I just feel like, it's not one of those. It didn't even occur to me, Steve. Good point, though, about the Sony factor. That it's just it's not yeah. it's not totally under that control. That whether you like it or not has been so successful in terms of the way they dole out information and the way they present it and right, keeping right. it in style and everything. It feels like you know that cousin that you knew from when you were a kid that just you <laughs> see him at a family reunion and you're like, so what do you do for a living? You're like, well, I. I have a podcast. You know what you should do? You should start talking to strippers. That's what you should start doing. You should start interviewing strippers. <laughs> and then going? and then you should have an Instagram. You're like, man, what what is this? That's every time I see a Sony thing, mm. it feels so like so no thought put into the idea that this 
has like a standard of quality. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's a very strange, yeah. like, I, I, I sh- the Marvel thing pisses me off. I don't like everything being kind of similar, right? I think it's a double-edged sword. Is, it's part, it's yeah. what makes it work, but it also is the thing that can kind of make you sick yes. of it sometimes. Then when you see a Sony thing, that, that you know, Morbius and, I have to say this, man, Venom, Let There Be Carnage was hard to watch, man. It, it was, it, it like took everything that was solid in the first movie and shit on it. And it was just, I did not enjoy that the way that I thought that I would. Because oh. the first one was so wacky and I loved how wacky and fun it was. But good Lord, I'm like, this, this is it? This is what Morbius is going to, is Morbius going to feel like this? Is Venom going to be like this in, in Spider-Man's world now? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> God, it was. Yeah, I, I had I, fun I kinda, with it, but I didn't watch the first one, and it was also just kind of a family night out at the movies. So maybe, maybe I had really low stakes viewing it, for that. It's one. okay that you liked it. No, no, I'm just I'm surprised to hear him say did. that the first yeah. one was so much better because it's like I, I don't know. I just I, I thought I, I thought they were kind of two peas in a pod from what I'd heard about it. So I'm yeah. curious. I kind of I got I got I got I definitely agree with you, Ronald. Like I I did, wasn't a fan either, but it. I but I do think it's a little more consistent with the first one. And it sounds like you not, did, but I mean, right, right, but more I, consistent than not with the tone, right? But I mean, like more consistent, but turning it up, like playing into probably oh. a lot of the stuff that you probably didn't like about the first yeah. one, which is kind of where I fell. But regardless, I was going to say, like, speaking of the Sony of it all, and we can kind of move on to our next topic. But ironically, I kind of that that last Morbius trailer, I actually kind of made me more interested in seeing it. Yeah, like then yeah. probably any of the trailers for the movies that we just talked about, like even the Spider-Man trailers, like beyond what I'm already in for for this Spidey movie. Like, I don't really care or know much about Morbius or the like, first teaser didn't do anything for me. But I mean, I thought the second trailer that they put out was a little was a lot better. And I kind of actually want to see that movie. And uh, I'm, I have no, uh, you know, belief that it's going to be anything special, but. All to just say, like these trailers that aren't really cut very well. Um, that one seemed a little more maybe engaged with what that movie actually is. And uh, if it is kind of darker like that, not as all around silly as Venom or Carnage was, that I think would be kind of cool. Hmm. But yeah, man. I don't know. But yeah, Spider Man uh, tickets go on sale, what, next or a couple weeks from now? And uh, theaters December 17th. And uh, maybe we'll see another trailer. We'll we'll, we'll see. It's so soon. But uh, yeah, very, very yeah, soon. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy to be here so fast. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's jump in. What are we going to go to now? We're going to be talking about a couple TV shows and a movie. So where are we going? Maybe Curb. Yeah, you let's do start Curb. with something. Okay. Yeah, start with Curb. Yeah, so Curb Your Enthusiasm is on its eleventh season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Wowzer! So. How many years is that? That they've taken some off years. It's yeah, like they have been taken breaks. some. Yeah, when did it start? I don't know. Um, I'm checking. Beep bop boop bop boop beep bop beep scop skadoodle doop. It began in uh, oh boy, that's not helping me. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. Two thousand. Wow, it's been twenty one years. Holy crap! Wow. So it's like so, it's funny that that has been with us. I, I guess the reason I wondered is because this version of Larry David feels more substantial than I mean, it was a while before it happened, but like his contribution to Seinfeld seemed to loom right. large and hang over this show for the longest yes, time. And I'm not did. saying that maybe 
I don't know, the sharpness of the writing and the conciseness of the ideas, the way that they came across on Seinfeld. I do think there's something about that that it's hard to take away from someone's career in terms of like, you only get to do a show like Curb Your Enthusiasm if you have a show like Seinfeld that you've, you know, in your right, back pocket. Right. But um, I, I think that people now think like he's now an icon in a different way. And I, I think that it, it's yeah. interesting to note that whether, you, again, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing or whether he's repeating himself or, I mean, I personally think the show is kind of uneven and season to season, it gets better or worse. And, and it's never like, oh, it's time to write this show off completely or, oh, it's time to celebrate this show because it's a huge comeback. It's just like, it's almost like within an episode, scene to scene, it can be like hilarious or just completely fall flat for me. And yeah. I don't know, like, I don't think it hurts the show overall. I do think that, like, his persona, he's had to tweak it a little bit in recent, very recent years when people stopped wanting to laugh at the sort of, like, willfully oblivious, rich, white person <laughs> who tramples all over people. I think you've, this, if you look at the last two or three years of the show, you can see the tone has become, like, a little bit. It's almost like he's gone back to these more sitcom-style situations that are more mm. just silly human interactions and less right. like he's trying to make these grand statements or tweak issues or make fun of, you know, social mores. I don't know. It's an, it, it's an interesting show for that reason because it seems very much like it's this guy's aesthetic kind of draped across all these years. But I think the relevance yeah. of it has kind of waxed and waned in a lot of ways. What do you think? And have you been a consistent viewer of it? Yeah, I mean, I've watched most of the seasons. I think it's a funny show. But you're right. I, I, the thing that makes this show so weird tonally from scene to scene is its reliance on improv. You know, that's a thing that people really don't talk about so much. Right. It's almost the equivalent of having like a taped Saturday Night Live. You know, it's like they, they have these recorded situations, but it's a ton of improv and very little script, almost like mumblecore. Mm -hmm. um, and he he loves that style of things playing out the way they do. But you're right, man. You you do find yourself, especially the last two seasons, getting what I would almost call crud. <laughs> that that if they aren't if the scenes don't work, it's like crud level. Like what is happening right now? Um, and then sometimes it feels like he some of the social issues. It feels like he needs to update his software a little more. I mean, it's like that's the joke about him. But then uh, you, you you sense him trying. I think what we're talking about is like those moments where he tries to kind of get ahead of an issue and make a little joke about it, and that's when it's like, oh, you're not you're not as this isn't as like people have already made this joke. Like yeah, this is a joke yeah. from two years ago on Twitter that you're yeah. now getting to about this topic. Yeah. And so yeah, I do think it's he's at his best now when he stays away from the sort of social commentary stuff, stuff and, yeah. and leans into the like for instance a recent episode ended with him and Patton oswald having to uh compete in a hot dog eating contest and like to me that moment was or even just the shot of those two guys sitting next to each other shoving hot dogs into their faces to me that was art i was like this yeah. moment is a work of art and you <laughs> have to get to it through his usual comedy silliness you know right, i right. loved in that same episode richard kind as the middle person at a table at a dinner party this felt like an iconic idea of like one of those classic ideas of like okay middling at a at a dinner party you know it's just, <laughs> but it's like and again i think that episode was one of my favorites of recent memory because of how much it was just a lot of silly plots kind of laid on top of each other and it wasn't like it got too, it wasn't trying to be too 
I don't know, anything, edgy, reinvent the wheel, anything. It was just a lot of little silly social notions, like little nitpicky things that were funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think also, you're right, Ronald, improv. Okay, your scene partner is Patton Oswalt. I think you're okay. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? right. Every and th- time. And that had a little bit more weight to it. I, I happen to really love Jeff Garland on this show. Um, Me I think too. He, I think his scenes with Larry, I could watch them just bullshitting. You know, that could be the whole show to me. Um, I don't know. I think it, yeah, it's uneven. I mean, uneven is the word for it, 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 but I frequently laugh out loud. And sometimes in the same, an episode will end on a kind of bump, bump, and it literally ends with music that's very much like that. <laughs> but like, it'll end on a note that's like that. And it's like, I don't care that much. I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of past it. There was a moment earlier in the episode where I thought it it could have ended and it would have been better, but he's got to he's got to spin out the plot and connect every you know he's got to do that thing of having everything coalesce and sometimes yeah. that's much less funny than just the little moments between characters. So have you has everybody caught up this season? We've watched all four. I've watched yeah. the first three. I haven't watched the fourth one yet. I feel like I feel like year in and year out, like even over the the, the breaks like we talked about, it's like just like a. I don't know, like, it's just become like such a reliable comedy for me. Like, I just, yeah, you know, for 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 the, all the the misses, I guess, like you know that we're talking about, which I do feel like there are moments of that, you know, in this season too. Like, I just think more consistency. It's more consistently consistent, like in terms it of is. like relying, reliably being able to be like, I'm gonna laugh a few good times in each episode right. for the most part. Yeah. And like, I feel like you know, I'm always in the conversation of like. I'm not a Seinfeld fan, like really. I, and it's not even that I'm not a fan. I never, I, I've only ever seen like a, like a sampling of episodes of that show. Like I never found that show. It was never my show, you know, when it was, you know, in its all of its power. But this is something that, yeah, it's crazy that, you know, it's been on for over two decades that like you're talking, you know, this is still something that's coming out. And for more often than not is pretty funny comedy series, you know, and there's a reason that HBO He's going to continue doing it as long as he wants to do it. But, um, and I mean, the other thing that's always like a really good enjoyment from episode to episode is just like the guest cast that they get on yeah. the show yeah. because it's really kind of unrivaled, really, in, in, in terms of the scope and the frequency and, you know, other like shows. Like Vince Vaughn is now a supporting player on the show. Right. Right. <laughs> like what, like crazy. Right. And then, you know, you have basically most people that are in the comedy world have probably at some point have been on this show in some capacity. Um, and, and, and most and, of the and, people that you like too. And that chemistry you're talking about too, Steve, Vince Vaughn's a good example. He and Larry can talk about something and it's not even a particularly funny exchange, but you're just sort of like, there's yes. something crackling in the air because these, you know, these are two different comic energies and they're both capable of improvising. And there's no question that like Larry David kind of carefully chooses who's going to be, or his production team chooses who's going to be on the show. And it's like, I mean, what I hate to use him as an example. I'll, I'll switch from Woody Allen. I'll say Coen Brothers. If you get cast in a Coen Brothers movie, you sort of know like, oh, there's that kind of coen kind of acting. I'm going to go, I'm going to go play in that sandbox. Right. And so I think if you go on Curb, you kind of know the sort of sparring you might be doing. And so seeing someone like Vince Vaughn, who can totally handle himself, you know, and has like his different physical, Definitely. different physicality, different energy, but he's like Just, there to sort of play. I, it doesn't even have to be that funny. I can enjoy the, right. the interplay. Yeah. So. And there's nothing like seeing Larry yell at people. Like that, <laughs> there's nothing like it. Like no matter how, if the, how funny the scene is or, or not, fun, him yelling at people is undefeated. And it's something about an awkward exchange that he has where you realize that he is 
taking advantage of a situation or assuming something about something. It just undefeated, man. He's so funny. And I've come to kind of feel like I love I loved Seinfeld when it aired. Um, but, I, you know, he's one of those people where Larry's interviews on late night shows are just as interesting as his his role on Curb. So, you know, I think I like that. Yeah. Sort of feel of him more than I like that about Jerry. Simon. Whenever I see Jerry talk outside of. You know, comedians in cars or or or, or his stand up. I'm not, I'm always like, man, what what is? Yeah, he's never. Why is he like so a, mad? He's never seemed like a very cool guy, like a, no. a, a fun guy or anything. <clears throat> I yeah. also think that Seinfeld just formally, it's the old classic sitcom with the overactive laugh track. I mean, I think there's a lot about Curb that makes it feel more scalable to the modern age and the modern sensibilities. Mm. Even if some of those early seasons might feel dated now with how it handles. Po- quote unquote political correctness, you know, mm. um, but I think that's part of the funniness with Larry is that letting himself be the butt of the joke so often it does kind of create this world yeah. where he can kind of he can kind of get away quote unquote with things. But yeah, I think yeah. that people are less interested in that kind of comedy right now. I don't even think it's a matter of being offended. It's more a matter of just we've seen that we've seen the sort of despicable person uh, who you know, makes you cringe that that in and of itself has to have something else attached to it to be funny. And I think what yeah. curb provides is that silliness I was talking about. And just that interplay between characters like Jeff and Larry could, you know, just sit there and talk like, just like yeah. there's a, a scene of, a um, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, Ronald, but th- there's an upcoming episode where there's just a really it cuts to Jeff Garland and he just has such a funny line that just kind of <laughs> is catching you up on the story at that point. But it's just such a funny non sequitur line outside of the story. But um, and then you got JB Smoove, JB Smoove, and people like that that are like part of oh, that supporting cast that we're talking about, who just really are a reason that the show is funny. Some sometimes like yeah. the best part of an episode will be just his yeah. delivery of something or the the way that he kind of backs Larry up while also not really <laughs> they're not really like great tight friends, but they they kind of have each other's back. It's a, it's a really funny uh, relationship. <laughs> yeah. He was he was invested in that ass, which is a oh yeah, a lot of episode three that's like stuck in my head. <laughs> Mary Ferguson, yeah. Mary Ferguson. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so so yeah, great show. Yeah, and it's like it. I think that it's had seasons where it's been okay and then been better. I mean, I almost feel like it's right now. It's at this has been a pretty solid season thus far in terms of just yeah. overall watchability. Um, I like the sort of running plot line with this crazy show that he's putting together and this actress that he's stuck with and all that kind of stuff. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of fun to be had with anytime there's like a fake piece of entertainment being made on that show, it's used or, you yeah. know, they did that once with the season of Seinfeld. They were doing like the new season of Seinfeld within the show. And so, you, yeah, I just like the sort of Hollywood production storyline whenever he's doing yeah. something like that. So. That lady's funny, man. The the one who is supposed to be a terrible actress. Yeah. She is so funny, man. I got I have to figure out that she seems she's like funny to the point where I think she might be a stand up or something like her. I feel like they found her in some improv group or yeah, yeah she's, she's 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 upright citizens brigade or something like that. She's gotta be her timing's so on point, man. It's she's doing that awkwardness like better than you you know, I don't know. It's it's an incredible <laughs> I mean, you haven't seen a character quite like whenever she's acting and she's throwing all this weird stuff into it. 
Yeah, man. All right. So let's move on to another show. How much have you guys watched of The Shrink Next Door? First three. First three. What about you, Steve? Uh, I've only finished the first two. Okay. Okay. The, one, okay. the ones that are out. Well, the more will be out by the time this comes out. But. Yes. Well, the first three, I think, are unembargoed uh, ah, at this point. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I've watched the whole series, but uh, the show is going to be weekly from here on out. I think, you know, it goes, there's like eight episodes total. Mm. So, I don't know. To me, it was interesting. Did, did either of you, were either of you familiar with the the podcast that it's based on? The No, tournament? no. My wife is very uh, familiar with it. She was so excited when she saw the trailer. She's like, this looks familiar, like something I've seen before. And then she's like, as the story goes on, she's like, oh, this is the, sh- the sh- shrink next. Yeah. I- well, I mean, it's it's an, it was an interesting kind of true crime story because true crime almost, need, almost needs to be in quotes because it's like the yeah. crime here is it's, it's an interesting story because it's about... How how responsible is someone who comes into your life and kind of influences you, you know? Yeah. And if you willingly, it's a con man kind of thing, but it's like, at yeah. what point are you the one who's really the problem in your own life if right. you're letting someone in the door like that? And I don't know. And also, why would someone need to manipulate and take advantage in that way? And it gets you to thinking about those different archetypes. Like uh, Paul Rudd's character, uh, Ike Herskoff, is a... Uh, is a therapist who is, um, you know, he's that guy who comes in and like has a secret handshake with everybody and talks the <laughs> trash with everybody, but like no one really likes him, but he's a mover and a shaker. It's like, so everybody thinks that everybody else likes him. Or I don't know, those those types of guys are interesting, <clears throat> interesting to me because at least as a role, it's Paul Rudd kind of taking his charm and weaponizing it and turning it into this sour thing. That by the time you yeah. get to the end of eight episodes, you want to see everybody punch Paul Rudd in the face. And that's like not something that you're used to you know, his movies don't usually create that sort of sensibility yeah. around sure. him. So for him, it's almost like it's a decision you make at a certain point in your career is to say, okay, how do you take the thing you're most known for, which is your charm and your kind of boyish charm, and just twist it to the point where it's obnoxious as hell. And I also yeah. think Will Ferrell, I mean, I think he it, it, it he has better moments than others throughout the series, but he's pretty consistently like, his performance is something I haven't quite seen him sustain. Um, over the course of eight episodes, he sort of, there's something he's doing that's a little bit heavier, a little bit different than I think we've seen from him. But in both cases, it, both guys are getting to develop a character over eight episodes rather than two hours, which is kind of part of the fun in, in the way yeah. that it feels like, oh, this is variations on a theme. But it is also an episodic show where each episode has like a centerpiece story and something where if this weren't heading towards this inevitable conclusion at the end of eight episodes, it feels like they create the world of a prestige show pretty well. I don't know. I was I was I was intrigued by it. Like I, it's an interesting show. I, I I can't wait to hear what you guys think once you've seen once you've seen the full story because that's the whole question is like how interested are people going to be in a story like this where there's not like murder, you know, where it's much yeah. more just a like a true psychological thriller. It's about manipulation and gaslighting, yeah. but it's not about violence. It's interesting, man. Like I it, sometimes because these shows look so good. They're, they're the production so high, man. Like I feel spoiled. I feel like I'm diving into this world that every episode feels like a, a clip from a movie, and that that ho- that's differentiation that's happening or or lack thereof with you know HBOs and the Hulu's and Apple TVs and Amazons and Netflix. Like it is 
crazy how cinematic these these shows feel. Like it it just feels like I'm I'm diving into something that I would not have ever been able to dive into ten years ago. Um, yeah. And the performance is just like you're right. I I think that's what Will Ferrell's doing right now in that show is just so different from anything he's ever done. Restrained, you know. Restrained, subtle. There's, there's a lot of nuance to the performance. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm trying to ignore, because uh, Aaron or every once in a while will say something about it. I'm like, hey, don't tell me anything. Well, when, when, I, when we started watching it, I said to Nikki, don't look this up. Because I don't remember how much the show... I listened to the podcast maybe a couple of years ago. So it's like, mm. I don't remember how much the show sticks to the details, but the overall shape of it, that whole idea of just, this is decades of this guy's life where he's in the thrall of this mm. therapist who's, you know, who seems to be doing this with a lot of his patients, but definitely in the case of this guy, he's kind of found a kind of a cash cow, so mark. to speak, yeah. you know, an easy mark. Yeah. Um, and, and the Will Ferrell character is like this, I, you know, I think that like it starts when he's 40 and it goes to the time when he's about 70. And I don't know, there's something about that idea, even though this guy was, by all accounts in real life, kind of a almost like a childlike guy who never really, like he never really settled into a mate, like a relationship. He didn't have a lot of romance in his life. He was just kind of one of those people who had a slightly different path. It made him um, kind of easy pickings because he was sort of, you know, and I think a lot of adult men are in a position where they don't have like close friends. They don't have confidants. They don't have people... Like, it's a known thing that a lot of men's best friends are their wives. And women are like, no, I have like five best friends who I like to spend time with. And my husband, the only person my husband can talk to is me. It's like that. It's a societal issue. I think younger guys are much more likely to have like close friends who are, you know, I don't know. There's, there's something, there's, that's been destigmatized, I think, for men to kind of be like opening up about their feelings and, and, you know, having friendships like that. But the guys of a certain age, of a certain generation, it's like when you're 40, yeah, you're not out making friends. You're not out having, new relationships, new things happening in your life. So I think this this makes this guy vulnerable, in a sense, uh, to someone who's going to make him feel special, going to make him feel like the focus of something. Um, and yeah, and, and, yeah. and at no point does Paul Rudd not see, or does Ike, Dr. Ike, not seize on, like, this, it all, you know, the, the guy, uh, Marty yeah. shows yeah. one little moment of like, oh, he's got this house, he's got this property, he's got these holdings, and you see the light bulb go off, uh, or go on over Paul Rudd's yeah. head of like, oh, I see how I can... And he does the con man thing. If you watch every step of the way, he gets Will Ferrell to be the one to say, well, you could help me out with this, yeah, or you could gets, move in, or you could say here. He gets here. him to do it, yeah. So it's like the yeah. ultimate, yeah, It's and it's disgusting. You know, in a different movie, you'd be laughing at it, you know, but in this story, it's almost like using these two guys, and even Michael Showalter, the director of the first four episodes, is mostly known for comedy. I think it's almost like everybody involved is doing that, of saying, let's have Catherine Hahn, and by the way, she's great. Um, she's so good at it. Uh, she's 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 in it, and then she's not, and that has a lot to do with the real story. But there's an interesting feeling when she's not around to kind of help Will Ferrell. You see how much more vulnerable he becomes. But I don't know to take these comic actors and let them be funny. But also, once you're in like episode six or seven, the drama is what's holding the show together, not like big laughs or anything. So it's almost like an experiment. It's almost like how deep can we go into this, you know, this thing that can have these funny moments, but then the next scene is something where you just feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this is another show though, like where I don't know anybody that knows that this show exists, like besides us. Yeah. Like, 
you know, mentioning it to some friends of mine, like having watched the first couple episodes and, you know, no clue. And again, we talked about like the Apple TV plus of it all. But like it just blows my mind that there's like this this much of a quality show, like with big actors and actresses that are consistently good slash great, you know, yeah. and yeah. everything that they're in. You know, and Catherine Hahn even having like a year where, you know, WandaVision was such a huge thing and especially her character to see her come here at the back end of the year in another show on a big platform where she's great in it to the point that I've seen so far. And like, I just feel like this show is like going without a trace. Like no one knows it exists. And it's, it's a real bummer because I mean, it just speaks to like how much stuff is out there and you know, how hard it is to parse through what, what exists. And even if you become aware of it, what, what then is going to get your time to watch it. Um, because, you know, I kind of felt the same way. I mean, it definitely crossed over a little more, but like, even like, you know, only murders in the building, like that's another one where I was like, that's an, this is an amazing show. And like very few people knew about that show, you know? And again, it's on another big platform with big stars, young and old, and, you know, still, I feel like even though that's got another season, I think, announced, but like, it's just like I, you wonder if there's an audience for a lot of these shows. And and especially you, Ronald, you talk about Apple TV Plus and ter- a lot about like the the prestige, you know, mirroring HBO and like, you know, the budgets and the production value. And it's all true. Like their shows all look great, you know, yeah. and there's definitely like a level of production that is on par with a lot of what a lot of what HBO like proper puts out, but like the whole time I'm watching it and like, and just, just to be clear, like I thought I love the first two episodes. Like, I don't, I don't know the story. I knew of the podcast. I don't know where it's going to go, but obviously these people that I love in general, Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell, you know, uh, Catherine Hahn, Casey, Wilson's seeing them in also this really good in it. <clears throat> who Casey Wilson. is also, really yeah, yeah, good yeah. Uh, like seeing them in this story, especially Paul Rudd, I think kind of like, using like the charm you know kind of flipping what we normally see paul rudd as um i just think it's great i can't wait to watch more of this show and i wish you know hopefully week over week maybe it it kind of grows a bit more and people kind of somehow find out about it but it it, it scares me that this show is going to be over you know in like five or six weeks and no one's going to know it even came out yeah yeah it's crazy that's true that's true Uh, and it's part of the the great uh the great content yeah cloud in the sky it's just something you can now watch whenever you want to forevermore but not something you have to not something you have to make an appointment with or or right right you're not exactly you're not a part of it as it's rolling out but you can find it later and because of that there's no there's no communal conversation either that happens about right you can't say exactly even i can't tell you guys about the episodes i've seen but i mean like beyond that like no it's it's crazy it's crazy yeah it's true there's too much we say it all the time but there really is it's wow Apple has like counting with the exception of, I guess, after parties coming out in January. We should definitely cover that. There's 51 shows on the website right now that you can watch that have come out during the course of lockdown into, you know, whatever present time is. Only because you're mentioning the the sheer quantity. Sydney and I stumbled across an Apple. Uh, it was on Apple TV Plus. Um, it's one of the Skydance animated shorts that I would like to recommend. Really, this is like an aside. It's called oh. Blush. Blush. Have you guys heard about it at all? No, no. 
like it's a short it's a it's a short animated film like it's super fucking sweet and cute and sad and it's uh, i think i don't i didn't really look into it but it has something to do like it may be one of the first things that Lassiter did when he moved over to skydance uh, uh, something like that i remember reading but um another thing like they have all this content up there that I just feel like they're building this library that eventually maybe people will find these things. I meant to mention blush like back when we watched uh Finch or we were talking about Finch. Mm. Cause we watched it right after. Cause it like popped up like a, Hey, you might like this. And I was like, wow, no, I didn't have no idea what this thing is. <laughs> and it's such a cute little short. Like it's one of those things that reminds me of like the Pixar shorts you see before all the features, but I would definitely recommend, you know, if you can find that on Apple TV, definitely check that out. But now, yeah, I don't know. They, they have so much content and it's and so it's of high quality in you know in the least most of their stuff is at least good that we've yeah. talked about um but yeah i don't know just got to find it somehow um I, I remember when apple seemed like it had like oh it's starting up and it's got the morning show and a couple of other things coming and you're right it's crazy when you scroll through it now it's like oh yeah they've done it they've they've done yeah. that thing of building up a lot of a lot of like stuff that you can go there to watch, but it is also yeah that the. I think that you hear certain things poke through, and I guess Ted Lasso has been the biggest one. Um, yeah. uh, Morning show would be the like a distant second in terms of kind of penetration of people's consciousness, uh, and I don't even know what would be. Then it's a bunch of other stuff that's just like way below that. I think uh, probably for all mankind. Yeah, probably one of the other ones that that's probably, true. I saw a lot of people posting about. Um, well, I'm seeing I'm seeing people start to talk about um, uh, what was the last thing we were just talking about? We uh, not uh, not shrink next door, but um, curb curb, not curb. Well, there was some other show we just mentioned a second ago that I've started to see people mentioning. Oh, it's only murders in the building. That's what I'm oh, talking. Oh, about. like you were saying, talking about how people aren't talking about it. I've started to see like in the last week or two, maybe month. Is trickling in more and more people are starting to say oh has anyone been watching this but it's kind of what you're saying there's not a communal conversation about it and yeah. so it's people sort of testing the waters to say has anyone heard about this thing that's really good and it's like I, i've seen 20 separate posts of people talking about it but there doesn't seem to be anybody watching it at the same time so it mm. is stopping it from kind of becoming that thing i mean it is nice to know that it, people are finding it but it's weird to think that you know a show like that comes out and that people are only finding it like after it's done it's wild. It's interesting. Maybe something on... I think some of it is letting people know that they have it already. I think that's yeah. one of the weirder things. Like, let they have to do some sort of promotion. Like, you know, Apple TV, it's already in your pocket or something like that. Like, there has to be some sort of connection between how easy it is to access... And how it's literally already in your pocket already. The app's already there. Yeah. You can't delete it. You know, it's like, what do they have to do? <laughs> it's interesting. It. They have to pay for it. But you get the trial, typically, if you haven't. Sure, you can try it. Yeah. Yeah. I just got six months added on to mine for signing into it on my PlayStation, which is pretty cool. So they Nice tacked on six more months what streamer do you think you gets the most play with you guys i mean obviously only murders in the building is hulu then we're talking about uh shows uh only uh, the shrink next door on apple 
And then we got a movie coming up that's on Netflix. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it's probably Netflix. Netflix is the big one for and, me. And my house, Hulu, for sure. Yeah, Hulu's I play the bigger, the bigger so, one for us. The, the, another thing that's really weird that people don't talk about is, like, Hulu's quality of, like, uh, everything looks good on it. I can't figure out what that is. Like, every time I press play, it looks like sharp beyond sharp like it's i don't probably know that it's probably that adaptive quality of your apple tv that you were promoting maybe man it's <laughs> we talk about our, aaron and i talk about it all the time because we watch we watch a lot of stuff on netflix and we watch a lot of stuff on hulu and we'll just be like playing a tv show i'm like why does hulu look so damn good on the screen it's like yeah. i don't know it's a good I feel, like I, I feel like i also watch a lot of hbo max yeah hbo max is, that, that's creeping up for me definitely yes <clears throat> Slowly, I agree. So, for bang for your buck, there's nothing that compares to HBO Max. If you if you want something with like, if you want a, a good cartoon library, if you want new, they're now putting new DC movies on there right after a couple months after they come out. It is the definitive DC world. It's you know you can watch anime on it. You can watch the original stuff. It is packed. I don't see how it's worth the money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's like they should be charging way more than they do, but thank goodness they don't charge any more than they do. But so yeah, a strange sentiment. I'm glad that it's yeah. priced <laughs> where it is. <clears throat> yeah. Worth the money, huh? Was uh speaking of worth the money, was uh your monthly <laughs> subscription to Netflix worth the money to be able to watch uh Red Notice? Ronald, mm-hmm. that's directed at you. Yeah. To start. Look, man, I I figure something out. I figure something out. I, I, Netflix is trying to fill a void, man. Romantic comedies were on a serious decline until <laughs> until Netflix started making. Well, it's algorithm. I mean, it's algorithm yes, city, man. right? I mean, it's like it's it, algorithm like, city. This movie feels like it was algorithmically yes. programmed for sure. Red, movies like Red Notice literally don't get made anymore. So it's like they're like, can we make an action film that hits all these sectors and has a you know a couple modern references so that the people watch them feel cool? It's an Instagram joke because you have Deadpool being Deadpool and everything. So like it's isn't that just Ryan Reynolds by default? It's now, Ryan Reynolds yeah, by that's default. His, that is his yeah. But Unfortunately, I, t- I mean, I think that's the reality. Yeah, though, right. But it it was fun, man. Like. The thing is, like, say what you want about these paint-by-numbers movies that they make. There is something about making these lifetime movies with uh, explosions. They know it's the algorithm. It's, It's the divine algorithm that they're following that just hits on everything. When it suggests something, I listen now. When it's like, hey, you watch this thing, you may watch this. You may like this. I press play because <laughs> I trust it because I've watched so much on it that it's it's figured it out. Red Notice was the first thing it suggested. I watched it. Bada boom. It was pretty fun. Now, the Cleopatra stuff, the 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 all the history the of it, yeah. all the history of it, I don't know. I mean, there was a little bit of weirdness. They just... It's fan fiction. I don't know what this is, uh, but it was. You think it's Cleopatra fan fiction? <laughs> it's like what the fuck was all this stuff? Who is this Cleopatra figure? <laughs> I know. No, no, no. I'll be like, I go back to the, the original history. stuff. I'm not into this Cleopatra <laughs> fan fiction shit. Just the history, man. Like they're just. I'm, I'm like, 
Eggs. It's you know it's um I mean it's uh what's his name I mean it's the it's uh Ross and Marshall Thurber the director who's like got a little bit of a uh, it's like there's a meta not quite taking itself too seriously kind of thing going yes. on you know that that is the is the is maybe the the pace of this movie when you talk about it being fun like I would I don't know if I would replace the word maybe I would I would replace the word fun for me with watchable like it was oddly watchable it it moved at a clip. That I was like, okay, I was able to get through it without ever really liking it. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. it went right through me without me ever having to really think that much about it. And it is, it is like, it, like dairy. Well, you could yeah, believe this a, is like one of those movies that's written by it. <laughs> right. I was thinking the same thing. I'm, it went through me. Yeah, like, uh, like I was lactose intolerant. But like, it was, um, it was definitely like algorithmically programmed to the point where this could be one of those yes. movies written by an AI. Like all the wisecracks, yes. all the little asides, everything felt like it could have been something's approximation of how these movies work. And the kind of movie it's trying to be is an odd, I don't know if it's dated for me or not, but it's like, it felt like it was doing Indiana Jones at the same time that it's doing like, oh, like the, the Steve Carell Get Smart movie or something. I don't know. It's like, it's it sort of yeah. seemed like it was, it was, um, I don't know. I don't know if I didn't. I don't remember this movie. But wasn't there a movie called X versus Sever? I feel like this was that too. X I don't know. versus just, Sever. I, I just feel like this was just like an action thing with like a very mild sort of wink, wink jokes in it. And I think it's proof once again that uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has chemistry with everybody except for his romantic partners in films. Like he has chemistry with I Ryan Reynolds. I didn't was, think it was, was that more bad. believable than his. Chem I, I well, I well, I'm not oh, going to no, say. Man, it was horrible. I thought it was like it was like he actually seemed a little more invested in his interactions with Ryan Reynolds. And then and there's moments where there's romance. It's like yeah, but that yeah, but there's a lot of things you're not going to. That buy was better. It. That was better yeah. than him with Gal. Like. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. Uh, but like, yeah. um, but like, no, there were a lot of moments of this movie that I was like, because Nikki came through uh, a couple times when I was watching it, and she was like not interested in <laughs> in watching it with me. But she could kind of, you know, is this any good? And I was like, I don't know. Like, it's it's all right. It's like it's kind of it's 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 everything we've just said. It's like a programmer, you know. And it is weird that it's the kind of movie that it is, and that this is the kind of thing Netflix can make now and kind of poop out onto their surface onto their surface, and it won't be like. It won't be like it, it's just another bit of content, you know. And I guess it is pretty popular. It's the most. It was the number one thing that came up on the Netflix chart. But uh, yeah, yeah, Inst instantly so, forgettable movie. <clears throat> so here, here's the thing, though. Like, I, I got to challenge these comments you guys are making a little bit. So the programming, like the Netflix of it all, you do realize this movie had nothing to do with Netflix up until like nine months ago, right? Ten months ago. No, but they know what to pick, though. No, that, no but I'm, I'm not saying, saying that. I'm saying th this movie was made. For no, I know. No, 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 no. I know all of it. I know all of it. I'm okay, just so, saying. So when you're so saying there's an algorithm that makes this movie to hit all these things, that movie was made before Netflix. No, started. I'm saying they know what works. I'm saying they like strong, big black dudes and snarky white dudes and a sexy, racially ambiguous. I'm just saying they know what works. And they and like even I'm talking fits. about this movie feels that way. Oh, I knew it feels I knew formulaic. they acquired like, it. Yeah, to me, it's like okay. I don't care for robot or it's it's actually I, written and directed by Ross and Marshall Thurber, so it's an auteur piece, you know. But it totally feels like it's geared towards like it's like got placeholder jokes in it. It's got like a certain kind of energy to it that sort of I don't know it crackles along, but it's got no substance to it to me. Like it just felt like yeah. kind of felt like a big like cotton candy in movie form. Have you guys heard of the Laugh and Tosh Three Thousand? Is a sketch on SNL? No. 
Man, it's no, a robot. That's it's a robot that makes jokes. It's uh, it reminds me of. You should watch. It was on the last episode of SNL with Jonathan Majors, but it reminded me of how these jokes were told. It's like, you know what? I I think when I was when I was first getting into the brand of Ryan and those like <laughs> the brand very specific, the, the very specific because you know I got the phone, I got Mint Mobile. You know, I I kind of bought into. Ryan Reynolds brand. And then there's like a there's like a thing that wrestlers do when they go to a town where they're like, you know, I hate Pittsburgh. I hate the Steelers. It's like he he has his humor sometimes can feel like it's like villain from wrestling just naming getting cheap heat is essentially what I'm saying. And it works. It works. Yeah. But The Rock was definitely the weakest part of this movie, man. Like I can't tell what he's doing sometimes. I can't tell. So, so this week's episode, I'll, I'm going to make a comment. Oh. This week's actor that I may be done with is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Last week, it was Rami okay. Malek. And, you know, I'm loving these. Like, I'm loving these stances, Steve. Like you got to. Yeah, like take- I, I feel like I'm at a point where I'm going to just make these comments and not like keep it to myself because maybe people agree. I don't know. But like. Obviously, he's a huge star. I do like The Rock. I think like he is like whatever today's version of a star is like kind of same thing as like Mark Wahlberg. Like these are bankable stars. Like the two yeah. of them are really bankable stars in, in in Hollywood or whatever system there. You know, Netflix maybe I don't know. But I feel like I felt about the same with with Jungle Cruise. Like and and John's comment about like his chemistry with female leads like the op that are opposite him like they're always way better than him and even when they're together like he is unable to be elevated by them because like he is always the rock he's always dwayne johnson you know in every movie basically and the only time he hasn't been that you know was more so like what pain and gain right exactly yeah it's like is the is a Michael Bay movie? He played a you know, character in that. Irony of this and the movie wasn't built around holding up his character and making his That's, character seem like the coolest right. thing. Right, and, and who else is, is in that movie with him? Mark Wahlberg. I know. Yeah. So you know, and they're and they're both great in that movie. I think. I, know. But, I mean, I just feel like. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I, okay. I like let's, that let's movie. just let's do let's do take a little breakout moment to say that Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne the Rock Johnson and maybe Anthony Mackie's most sensitive performances to date were in Michael Bay's attempt at a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. About bodybuilding. About bodybuilding. Because he even yeah. said that 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 was the movie where he was influenced <laughs> by the Coen Brothers. And it's like I just yeah, but oddly an oddly watchable movie and an odd like, yeah, a, so a, a, like a, the performances are really there. And I do think I go back. I remember on this show talking about The Rock and us being like, yeah. he can do it now. Like, this guy has proven he can do it all. But I don't know. You're right. Has he done anything that self-effacing since Not then? at all. No. And the thing is, self-effacing for him is like somebody telling them that his jacket is too or Or small shocking him in the nuts. Yeah, man. Right. It's it's like right. that to me. It's like uh, it's, athlete, it's athlete jokes. Like sure. yeah. jokes. Jokes that I've definitely heard in the hallways of high school and somebody bumps into you and you make a joke about them. It's just like these this is the only type of thing that really sits in his head as something that is is passable as humor. I need you to tell me that my head is too big for my for my neck and then I, and then I'll go Aah! and then it, you know what it is. He's not far enough removed 
from oh god man when this is like a real thing when batista left wrestling he he didn't seek out the same sort of Mm-mm. thing through that through acting it was like he really wanted to be an actor he dove into it he started doing like smaller indie films like you know, there's things I could point to that I was like, he's starting to get his chops, right? Right. The Rock has been a superstar from wrestling on. He what he never started at a bottom rung. He was he was the he was a Scorpion King right off his his first acting job. It's like yeah. this man has never had to really earn his keep in the field that we love. And sometimes it feels disingenuous when he's in a space. Where you know he doesn't belong. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. You know he doesn't belong acting aside. Ryan Reynolds, if, if we're being honest, Ryan Reynolds is kind of like eating his food on, on in these scenes. And and Gal Gadot, she's moving up my list. She, she she's, she's better in this. And I, you know, I didn't even particularly like yeah. the movie, but she's having oh. fun in a way that I don't sure. think I've ever seen her have fun, like yes. a lively fun, yeah, which which makes you think about those fucking superhero movies and specifically yeah. the DC movie like makes you think about what that what what it's like to work on those if it's kind of causing this person to tamp down their energy but she was <laughs> yeah she was much like I was ready for her to come in and and be stiff and she was not in this movie she was not at all yeah. yeah I don't know I just think I don't know I just feel like it's weird it's a weird no it's true a weird time to like see the rock put out these movies and like we even were talking slash joking about Black Adam like like the, the all the press expect- is about how cool he is and how badass he is, you know. Right, and it's just like there's that's that's the entire brand of like his movie star dumb right now. It's just I've, that, and I've told you know, what it is, Steve. It's what, yeah. I've told you what it is. He's not a nice person. I don't right, know. Right, I don't know. Right. It, he's right. He's I'm, not. He's not a nice person, but he wants to be. You said it's the Ella DeGeneres kind of thing where it's, he's, where it's like, okay. Have he's you known seen what's for happen- being this one thing, but he's actually yes. behind the scenes very controlling and very... Uh, have you have you heard about everything that's happening with the Will Smith book where Will Smith has essentially said that the person that you've known is a character. He's constructed it, right? And I didn't feel that until he started to lose where I felt like the cracks were starting to come and he's, he started to like openly feel a little weirder yeah. than the rock hasn't lost mm-hmm. and he's trying to be a version of himself. I can't wait to see what the rocks really like. I don't like what I see. I don't like the like, this weirdness. he's insulated. He's, he's insulated though. Also like he in what he's doing because he's he so is. involved in everything. Yes. Like it's all going through like a lot of this stuff is now going through like his production company. Like I think this movie actually yeah. like he was in on the ground floor with the yeah. with the writer director because they did like skyscraper together. They've done a couple of movies together. And like so to say like he really is trying to prevent a movie from failing. Like even how in the term you you mentioned it before, like the times he's gotten defensive about things not going so well. Yeah. Like those are the small little cracks that we have seen. But in the last few years where his like star has continued to soar, even through a pandemic, like you see Jungle Cruise come out and it, you know, it kind of underperforms slash overperforms for a pandemic movie. Right. And like just just enough that they announce a sequel. And now Red Notice comes out. This is one is under his production company. And it's Netflix's biggest movie over the, you know, the three day weekend. And I'm sure the numbers over the next four weeks are going to be very large as they should be. 
it's like their biggest movie ever basically but i mean like i feel like he's doing the he, he's he's very smart like he, he's very got the smart. right people around oh, him oh yeah that he's like making these decisions both in the distribution of his movies and his brand in general and even like his not wanting to come back to the fast and the furious movies like because of the stuff with vin diesel like that's even a part of like how he is staying positive because in that conversation he looks like the sane one yeah. and Vin Diesel does not. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, so and that's only helping him and like yeah. the fact that he's this movie star. So I don't know. It's a really weird balancing act that he's managed to be to to keep up. But I really, I'm really starting to feel diminishing returns. And I mean, I I, I in general like The Rock and I've liked a lot Me of the too. stuff he's yeah. been in. But like. These last like three or four things he's been in, I've just felt like I I can only see you so many more times be the same thing in a different setting that I'm going to just be like, I've probably seen enough. There are touches in this movie where where they let you believe for a minute that he's down, you know, that he's not aware and he's not the coolest guy right and right. i and even just a guy wearing a leather jacket with a turtleneck underneath it, like there's just different things going on where it's like you can see the slightly scuzzy down market right. down on his luck character you can see it you can see him you can see that he could do it right. you know yeah. probably Absolutely. like again i don't know yeah. how he could again i still think maybe he'd become a stiff once the once romance enters into the thing but maybe not i don't know he's it's an odd thing that he's a guy that turns on so many people, I think, but I don't think he's a very sexual. This is a weird thing to say, but he seems like they have not like the sex appeal or like the sexy. Ne- like, I think people are attracted to him because he's a specimen, but he doesn't yeah. seem to have like sparks that no, like definitely not. And no. he seems to be very. It might be that kind of controlled thing, but there were parts of this movie where I was like, oh, I can envision. I was kind of thinking ahead of this conversation. I guess I can picture him playing a guy who gets knocked around and isn't a I can picture it I can picture him just taking the right kind of roles and working with the right kind of directors but I think that and we've talked about this with different stars over the course of the show where it's like certain people they have a little too much of a machine that clicks into place when they're involved in a project like Tom Cruise you might say it becomes a Tom Cruise machine it becomes that definitely and so it it loses whatever chance it might have had of being that actor stepping outside of their Whatever, even if them stepping outside of their comfort zone is what they're trying to do, they're doing it yeah. under their control, not yes. not the way an actor does to show up and just be part of something. And yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people who would like to use The Rock uh, as an image and as a force in a movie, but not have to give the movie to him, you know, in the yeah. way that. And so it's like, not only is it changing the kind of movies you're making, but it's probably cutting down on certain people wanting to work with you because th- to walk into the room with you is to cede control to you, you absolutely know? true that's exactly it that's what it is man and if you go back on like his older movies like there's a really great movie that he had that he actually did with peter berg called the rundown mm-hmm. that is like pre that. pre like big rocks movie star rock and like in that movie he is the he, he's kind of a, another character that's probably the other one that i think of where like his character's not always winning in that movie. Yeah. Like he he is not Sean, the what's character. his name? What's his co-star in that? Sean uh, uh Sean Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. What's he been doing and, lately? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh he, he, he kind of had a he moment. He did that sequel. He did that the sequel to, Go- to Goon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the hockey movie that Jay Baruchel did, I think. But um yeah, but that's the other example that I always think of that in Pain and Gain is where it's like He's just not the character that you just you 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 just think you're you, who he is. You know who he is now, and like yeah. he's that in everything he's in. 
And those are the examples of like him not being that. But again, those are like kind of, even though you're right, Ronald, like he kind of went from wrestling to being a star, even across different things like Disney movies, like the tooth fairy, like weird shit, like, you know, but he was still a star. Yeah. yeah. And those exam, those are the two where like, it's, it works the best because he's not like overshadowing everything else in the movie Yeah. in those two movies. But I don't know, but I don't know. In general, though, I, I I was surprised how much I had fun watching the movie. You're right, John. It's watchable. It moves fast. Like I laughed from time to time. Mm-hmm. I do think that, like you know, Ryan Reynolds. I'm a little concerned that he's kind of like stuck in this thing where he's always Deadpool now. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see the movie he has coming up. It's like the uh, is it called like Adam or or Project Adam, mm-hmm. the one that Sean Levy's directing for Netflix. Jennifer Garner's in it. it. It looks really, it's supposed to, it sounds really good. Like it might be a little different for him, but I want to see him get out of this like Deadpool thing. Like he, like well, he's another person like who brings a certain thing, thing to happen to him, but it doesn't you seem know? as terminal as what we're talking about with the definitely rock. not. It no, seems okay. like he, he's smart enough and we've seen him try to break the, you know, exactly. the expectations at least a little bit before. So I think he yeah. must know, like it's not, it, he's too funny to not understand when the when the shtick is wearing thin, you know, right. like part right. of Deadpool's yeah. shtick is that you kind of you kind of think he's he's an annoying asshole, and I think Ryan Reynolds knows better than to want to be that in everything. But this movie is almost carried by his his patter, you know. It's yes. definitely the the liveliest like thing going on, and sometimes it the is Blake like, liveliest. <laughs> the Blake liveliest. Some hey. might say yes. Hey, whoa. Um, I felt like he was really kind of overacting in the opening scene. Like, just, there's a big chase scene in the beginning where I felt like Ryan Reynolds was pulling all these weird faces, and I thought, oh boy, is he going to be overacting in this? But that was it. Like after that, he seemed to kind of settle into the character. But I feel like everybody was not sure if they were in something a little cartoonish or something. You know, this movie's tone is like it, it's 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 an odd it's an odd movie in a lot of ways. How, how long was... until they announce the sequel? Oh, they're gonna do it. Either. I thought they all turned to the camera at the end and said, <laughs> "Red Notice 2. Seeing Red Notice too. Well, the, be- the, like the beginning, the end of the movie feels like the beginning of the movie in a way because it's like there's a job and then they're, they they get you know the title comes up yeah. and their names. I don't know. I felt like it was, yeah. I I, did, I almost didn't know they hadn't already said this is this has got a sequel, but maybe yeah. I was gonna say that's what I was getting at earlier when I mentioned like did are, were you did you know that it was a universal thing? Because I think that's the reason that Netflix bought it. Is because they think this is an IP, this a is franchise. a franchise, this is what they want to have sequel after sequel after sequel to. Well, I mean, you could, make, you could make you could make a credit, better you could make a yes. better sequel to it as well, and so it, yeah. it, it definitely is set up to be a franchise, and maybe 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 the next one will be better. The, the last thing I wanted to mention real quick: this is another example, like you know, uh, of the you know the uh, how how wide the range is of like the critics and the audience score. I don't know if you saw, like, they were kind of talking about this when they released the numbers and yeah. things like that, but that, like, it's got, like, a 35 critic score and, like, a 95 audience score or 94. What? So, yeah, I mean, like, but I'm saying, like, this kind of, like, mass appeal, this is that huge movie. stars, yeah. funny, yeah. big action star, Wonder Woman, you know, it's like, they there there are these, like, boxes that got checked and it seems like most people that have found it even though we're saying it's probably not a really good movie it's very watchable and like most people that are watching it seem to be enjoying it and you know that's a really high audience score and that kind of stuff lends itself to the numbers that netflix will no doubt release in two to three weeks and eventually when they announce a sequel it'll be like oh well because people fucking 
that watched it seemed to really like this movie. Well, I mean, yeah. so often it comes down to getting what you expect from one of these movies. Right. And this movie That's is, it. this is one of those that is the trailer, you know, like if you. It's exactly the trailer. You're right, John. All so, right. yeah, Red Notice. That's Red on your Notice. Netflix queue right now. It's probably still number one. If not, if you scroll up or down two rows, it's in another row. There's no doubt. They want yeah. you to watch it. Uh, th th it's probably going to be in that new <laughs> Netflix row that says covered on movie schmovie. It just has the movies. We need that, that so bad. Yeah. That goes in this, that goes up today, right? Like with uh, episode yeah. three. Well, no, no, no. I, I told okay, you guys, so. I sent an email to Netflix's contact oh. at Netflix.com oh, oh, oh. account. So you submitted the sense. form on the website. Like I just the sent a cold email form. to contact at Netflix.com. So I think I got a good feeling though. It didn't get, it didn't bounce Ooh. back. So fingers crossed, you know, guys. Yeah, fingers crossed. Definitely. Gotcha. <sighs> All right, man. You guys have anything else you wanted to mention that you checked out this week? Not I. I usually don't. I wanted to mention one more show that I that I managed to catch up on. It's like a docu series on AMC or AMC Plus. It's Eli Roth's History of Horror. Oh uh, yeah, st still coming out that? of the Halloween stuff. I'm still watching all my like. I'm, I'm still in the mood to watch horror stuff. So I caught up with season three mm. of the show. Um, I, I just love the show. Like I just feel like th this this week to week, they kind of just like pick a a, a niche piece of horror of the genre and all of its subgenres, and it's just amazing like who he has talking on this show like you know about the movies that we all secretly know about and love that maybe some people don't know about and like the way they kind of group them into the each episode's about a, a, like a group of movies you know yeah. like it's this season they're talking about like you know horror sequels and uh post-apocalyptic and uh, mad scientist, holiday horror, like all these really cool topical things. There's only like six episodes, but um, just to see so many movies kind of had have its moment in each episode that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and, you know, Black Christmas was talked about, like Krampus, like all these really great, great movies. And uh, yeah, and like because of kind of what Eli Roth has managed to do with his career, he's gotten access to a lot of people that have agreed to be on this show with him yeah. and um you know it you know quentin tarantino and kate blanchett and jamie lee curtis and like they have a lot of really big names that are like giving insight into these movies that they were in and um uh, i don't know it's just a really cool show if you have amc or amc plus love horror movies um want to see some behind the scenes stuff and just like a little bit of filmmakers creators stars fans of the horror genre talk about a ton of different horror movies it's it's a really cool watch and it's 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 yeah i think each season is like six or so episodes but yeah i watched the first couple seasons i didn't know the third one was out but yeah no that's you're right yep. it's very it's just fun as a fan of the genre all the it's reasons it. you said it's like it's a it's like that extra a little bit a couple of extra minutes here or there that you don't normally get like in making of docs or that yeah. you, it goes a little it's it can be a a quick survey if you if you really know the subject you'll be going oh they didn't mention this they didn't mention that but then when they do settle on one of those movies and they get get into like a cool segment on something yeah and then the the, the writer the director the star somebody you haven't yeah. seen especially new footage of them talking now i don't know yeah you're right it is it's it awesome. is like it feels like eli roth has like a legitimizing thing both as a horror genre person and as just a guy who's got connections so it does feel like yeah for sure like when you when you're yeah, seeing Tarantino and and John Carpenter, I think John Carpenter's been on there. Yeah, um, yeah, he was on one, and like Joe Dante's in this. You know, he's in a bunch for he talks about Gremlin too, and he's like, nice. he, and you know, and 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 when he has them, he has them talking about a lot of other stuff that the season is going to be talking about. Right. So they they kind of pop up a lot. Mm. And uh, yeah, Rob Zombie was on there, and I don't zombies know his on movies, this season, but I, he's yeah. always interesting to hear talk about stuff. He's a he's another true fan of 
the the genre. So anyway, yeah, yeah. but yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, AMC or AMC Plus, if that that's the streaming option. But uh, it's the third season of Eli Roth's History of Horror. Cool. And that is that, it. That's three two three. That's the palindrome. <clears throat> Moviesmovie.com is the website. And uh, as we mentioned last week, we've got the YouTube stuff, the URL correct now. The YouTube.com slash movie schmovie podcast. Yeah, you, there you yep. go. It's really, really easy. Um, so, yeah, you can subscribe there. Hit the bell for notifications when new episodes come out every Friday. Or on the website, movieschmovie.com, you can jump into any of the podcast platforms to subscribe to the podcast. Or just go to that website, set a little reminder for yourself, and go to the website, just listen right there. Facebook has its own stream now for the podcast. If you follow the page there, you'll get new episodes every Friday there, too. All to say, we're trying to be everywhere we can, make it as easy as possible for you, um, because we want you to listen, really. And if you listen, maybe review or leave a comment or a rating. That'd be nice. It would be. Please do. Thank you. Yeah, please do that. Place. Do you guys have any idea what next week next week's uh, episode is going to be about? Well, next week is sort of a, a Schmanksgiving episode, isn't it? Yeah. Should we do that? Okay. Do you want to? I like it. Yeah, we should do it. Let's bring yeah. it back. Yeah. Let's bring back Schmanksgiving. Schmanksgiving. Okay. Well, next week we'll do that. Talk if about you're not, if you're new listeners, that's the episode where we talk about what we're thankful for in the last year uh, of entertainment. That's it. It'll be yeah. fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, we just decided. Like look at that. That may, what we love about man, that is like that, that we don't have to do any particular like prep. We can just kind of <laughs> <laughs> just have make a, a nice little positive short list. Yeah, right. go into the holiday <laughs> just on a high and positive and optimism and oh, I love it. It'll be nice, guys. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really nice. And uh, yeah, man. All right, cool. Well, it's been good talking to you guys. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.